Hello, second episode. Um, I'm going to keep it on with this one, I promise. So this one might be up a little bit late than it was meant to be, but only by a matter of hours, hopefully. Um, I just thought I would tell you how this is going to operate. I'm going to be doing three a week, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, that's in my time zone. If you happen to be an international listener, which I doubt, to be honest, but if you happen to be one... Um, maybe it's a different day if you, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday or something, but you'll figure it out. Obviously, I'm not going to be reviewing and going through every single record that comes out this year. That's a task that's kind of impossible and certainly impossible to talk about and formulate detailed thoughts about, you know, each one. Um, because these are new and because, you know, uh, I have a, a certain critical duty, I'm giving these two or three listens each which I maybe wouldn't if I was just doing this for my own personal pleasure, but I'm trying to get an honest, critical assessment of these in my head and in writing before I start to record these. So it's a higher quality of analysis than it would be if I was slacking off a bit. Um, That rate of three albums a week is also a whole lot less than the seven a week that we were doing with the other podcast, which has now been wiped from the face of the internet, so good luck finding it. Um... So I have a lot more time to, to prepare for that, even though uh, the, the length of the episodes doesn't necessarily reflect that. Now, you may be wondering how am I choosing the albums and the works that I'm looking at. Uh, well, there's a couple of uh, sources from which I see recent releases or upcoming releases. I have a Wikipedia page bookmarked, which has most of the uh, pre-announced and kind of major label releases. Um, not many things that you would call indie releases and some obscure things on there that don't even have their own Wikipedia entries for the band or the album, but somehow they are on this list, which makes me think it's kind of curated in a strange way by uh, differing factions and not exactly uh, aiming to be a complete list. You know, there there are albums that have already come out this year. I had no idea were coming out, hadn't heard about, and were surprised when it turned out they'd already been out for three or four days when I realised that they'd actually been released because they just flew under the radar. So I've got, you know, you've got your music magazines, you've got Pitchfork, Uncut, whatever, have a look at them and all of that. And I just decide, mainly based upon my own prejudices, name recognition and, and, and you know, things like that, human things, um, because it's easier for me to talk about something if I want to talk about it. But I'm not just limiting myself to my range of genre. Uh, If I was, you know, if I were, there wouldn't be many things I'd be reviewing. Um, Like, there are things that I'm dodging. I'm going to be honest about that, and I'm going to be upfront. For example, I'm dodging that Housie record. I tried to listen to the opening of it, and I didn't exactly want to continue so I'm just going to leave it I don't need to talk about it if you're already inclined to listen to Halsey and her work I am absolutely sure that you don't listen to this podcast and that you've already listened to the record you know it's not really up to me Um, the Eminem one that came out as well I tried I did but come on really another customer. I wonder what the fuck they want. Hello, mate. Have you got, um, uh, shit. 
take your time. It's not like we're on a schedule. <laughs> Have you got the new album by Mac Miller, Circles, by any chance, good sir? Yes, I do. And wouldn't you like to know what I think of it? We did that joke last time. Fair enough. Here's the review. <laughs> Okay, so full disclosure, um, I wasn't particularly familiar with Mac Miller's body of work before I listened to Circles. He's kind of one of those people that never really, you know, that happens. There's just, there's just groups and, and, and there's artists that never really connect with your world because you're too busy doing something else and they just kind of pass you by. And he died quite suddenly and quite young. He hadn't exactly had his... Uh, opus, you know, his magnum opus um, released yet by the time that he died because he died quite young. He died into, a, you know, only a few years into a fairly promising career as, as far as um, I know. And uh, it took the music world by shock as far as I remember. It, it, was a, it was a while ago now. It was, you know, a year and a half ago, which it doesn't feel like it. Um, but he was working on a record then, which was uh, meant to be you know, apparently rumours and whispers, whatever, you know, this amazing um, album that was going to really, you know, give his career the the golden crown jewel that it needed and all this stuff that people, that, that people say when their favourite musicians died without producing that great masterwork. Well, luckily enough, uh, people have stepped in and they have helped in completing this work posthumously. Uh, it was, the production at least, was finished off and polished and, and, and primarily uh, done by John Bryan, who is a, I think, Bryon, whatever, uh, Brion maybe, who worked with Mac Miller on his last record, which was called Swimming. And he's also done a fair few uh, film soundtracks for recent films like Christopher Robin, you know, Great Gatsby, the, um, the Baz Luhrmann, Great Gatsby and, and a bunch of very kind of a very eclectic mix of of Hollywood film soundtracks and various projects, you know, with Kanye and and, and people like that. So it, this man's had an interesting career. Seems like he was quite a close collaborator of Mac Miller's, and so um, the right man for the job. And it, it became a passion project for him apparently, and he's now been working on it since I assume around the time of of Miller's death. So that's been about a year and a half, and. Look, strangely enough, without like demeaning the legacy of the artist himself, of Mac Miller, the best thing about this album is far and away the production. Um, and I think mainly because this is now the final statement that Mac Miller will make as an artist because I, I don't believe he was working on anything else. I don't believe he's like um, Tentacian or Little Peep or... Um, Juice World where they can go into the archives and find little studio snippets and cut them together and make six more posthumous albums. I don't believe he worked in the same DIY way as them um, and I don't believe there are, are any recordings like that, that that can be used. It hasn't been announced as far as I know. That could be wrong. But apparently uh, as, you know, this is going to be the last work uh, in the discography, in the body of work of Mac Miller. Um, and without having heard his previous works for you know one reason or another, I have to say this is a this is a good album. 
you know, it, it, it's 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 unique. It's it's not exactly something that I've heard a uh, a a peer of recently. I I wasn't aware that um, psychedelic hip hop was a thing still, um, and maybe it's not. But this record um, is an extremely, and in a good way, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know if acid rap uh, is like a thing, stoner rap is stoner hip-hop, yeah, but you think more Snoop Dogg, you think more people like that, um, you think more the content of lyrics when you think stoner hip-hop. Generally, hip-hop is classified, weirdly, by the content of its lyrics, not by its, its musical characteristics, which I think is peculiar, at least. Um, but when you think stoner rap, stoner hip-hop, generally you'll think of like Snoop Dogg, who will talk about marijuana, but maybe in terms of the production and the way it's done, it doesn't exactly feel, <laughs> you know, um, uh, like a, a psychedelic experience or that it's intended to be. It, it doesn't have that kind of woozy groove that you'll find in a lot of psychedelic rock. It doesn't um, have outlandish sounds and things like that and, and kind of encourage you to slip into the music and, and kind of allow yourself to be taken away with it in a kind of wave of sound in the way that psychedelic music, whether it be rock, pop, you know, Jefferson Airplane or, or the Beatles or this... Um, this isn't exactly like a straight hip-hop album. He barely raps here. It's not really rapping. It's more of a kind of mumble singing. And I, I had read reviews of past Mac Miller albums that um, kind of bemoaned that he can't carry a tune. I thought he was fine here. I honestly, you know, and I'll, I won't be the first one to criticise. I, I give a fair bit of slack on a, on a poor vocal performance. But this wasn't a poor vocal performance. It perfectly suited the music. This is, lo this, you know, this is lo-fi to an extent, psychedelic relaxation beats. It, it's uh, very good at that. And um, I don't think it has to be much more, to be honest. Um, if you're... Look, uh, I've been talking about how this is his magnum opus and everything. Um, if you're looking for something that's literate, something that's kind of uh, musically, you know, pushing boundaries, challenging, whatever, you will not get that. But... Judging by what I know of Mac Miller, if that's what you expected, I don't really know why, because it's not that. There are different types of, of musical intelligence, of musical ability, of artistic kind of genius. Now, I wouldn't call maybe him a genius, but I would call this an example of artistic um, quality to a, high, to a fairly high extent, right? Especially for, you know... Uh, something that is you know, pushing genre boundaries, but it's, it's still easy listening, you know? It's still just refining musical sounds. He doesn't need to be experimental. He doesn't need to be avant-garde or an auteur. He's perfectly happy, and he was until he died, being just a rapper, just, you know, uh, just a musician, just an artist. You know, he had his problems, he had his issues and he dealt with them by putting them on paper, putting them into music, putting them into his records, which people now listen to. And yeah, he died young, but luckily, like many other people who died young, you know, John Lennon, etc. not that young, but you know what I mean, his music now sits as this example of how people live on after they die. And if I was 
a tumultuous, uh, if I was a person with a kind of tumultuous psychological life, not saying I'm not, but if I was someone where, uh, you know, that was a publicly acknowledged fact about my life and people felt great turmoil at my death and then an album like this came out, which is quite soothing, quite calming, quite, um, let's say, optimistic in a domestic manner, I think that's quite a balm on the uh, feelings of upset and, 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 and kind of uh, the anger at an unfinished life that people would be feeling uh, towards his death. So I hope it helps people find closure. And I think it's a great artifact of, uh, you know, someone that's got is dead. Um, and this is his last work, and it, it's good. You know, it's an 8 out of 10 from me, which wouldn't be high if I was doing, you know, reviews of something that was vaunted masterpieces and classics, but this is um, the second album that I've heard from this year, and the first one was Modus Vivendi, so, yeah. Um, I really like this. I recommend you listen to it. I've given it a couple of listens so far. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the tracks you should hear are Circles, you should hear uh, Blue World, you should hear uh, Woods, and you should hear uh, That's On Me. Really, you should just listen to the record a couple of times. First time, um, if this isn't already your thing, you might be a little bit underwhelmed, maybe. Uh, second time around, you'll hear the subtleties in it, you'll hear the subtleties in the production style, uh, in his voice specifically, um, in his tone and you'll come out of it uh, enjoying it a lot. It's a record with a lot of focus on the voice, on the character of the performer, and with a lot of focus on the character of the production work around it. It reminds me a lot of a lot of ambient rock that's been happening, not that this is particularly ambient, it's quite, you know, uh, quite a, you know, a, a, an engaging album, but uh, records like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Skeleton Tree or Ghostine from 2016 or 2019, both of those have similarities to this in that they focus on, uh, quite heavily on the performer's voice and on the production work around it uh, as, as um, almost different worlds, not exactly as component parts working together. Um, yeah, the song I'm going to play from the album is, I think, Blue World. I was going to play the title track, but I, when I was giving it my final listen before I started recording... I kind of changed my mind. I went, I went, I think Blue World's the go. So here's Mac Miller with Blue World off his final album, Circles. Might just turn around to 180 I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no baby She devil on my doorstep being so shady mm, Don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip, hey, yeah I let it go but I never go with it uh -huh. 
Yeah, okay, cool as fall weather. Fuck the bullshit, I'm here to make it all better with a little music for you. I don't do enough for you without you. It's the color blue, oh, no trip. I was in the city, they was talking that shit. Had the homies with me, all of a sudden they split. We ain't even worried, we just laughing, that's rich. You know how it goes, it ain't broke, don't fix. Hey, one of these days we'll all get by. Think I lost my mind Reality so hard to find When the devil trying to call your line But shit I always shine Even when the light dim No I ain't God but I'm feeling just like him Hold on trip See I was in the whip riding me and my bitch We was listening to us No one else that's it That's a flesh just a bit Let me talk my shit Say my head got bit Yeah well it's a mad world that made me crazy Might just turn around to 180 I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no babies The devil on my doorstep being so shady mm, Don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip, hey, yeah I let it go but I never go with it uh. for listening to Record Store with Charles Spencer. Sound effects come from soundbible.com. Uh, Night in Venice is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. If you want to contact the podcast, you can at recordstorepodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we... Oh, not next week. What am I talking about? On Wednesday, sorry, in two days, we will be listening to Destroyer's new record, have We Met, which I'm quite excited for. Destroyer are a great band. Their record, Kaput, from 2011, is excellent. If you haven't heard it, you should. You should also maybe listen to the new one in preparation for the podcast. But I make these to recommend albums, not with the supposition that you've already heard it. Just letting you know. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye for now. See you on Wednesday. (laughs) 